out with earnings. Dallas-based Wingstop came with numbers. The numbers on the surface didn't look all that good. Eight cents lower than expected. Revenues were a slight miss. Initially, we saw the stock sell off. I said, oh, no, when we talked to Charlie Morris and the CEO, he's probably going to be in a bad mood. Then the thing turned around, and instead of being down 6 or $8, next thing I look, it's up 5 or $6. Made up the entire loss. Charlie Morris joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Great to, great to be here, David. Thank you. I, it, it sounds like you must have set the analyst straight or the, the, the traders straight or something or other, because they, they sure turned your stock around in a, in a jiffy. Well, I think uh, the market's a bit jittery these days. And uh, while we did have uh, a miss to expectations on earnings, a lot of that was driven by some one-time events, tax rates, as well as some compensation-related expenses. But the underlying business, the core of the business, did exceptionally well. We we beat expectations on same-store sales. We beat expectations on net new restaurant development. We had a record year in that category as well. And, uh, you know, look, we're very, very excited about 2022 and where the year is going, how it's shaping up so far and what we think the potential is for the brand for continued long term growth. And you guys were set up perfectly for the pandemic because you had embraced digital access long before everybody else. And you had a lot of places that were set up perfectly for takeout or delivery already. And that's continuing to grow. It is. Uh, over 60% of our sales uh, come through the digital uh, channel, which uh, has been growing over the years. And certainly, as, as you mentioned, nobody prepares for a pandemic. But in the restaurant industry, if you were uh, involved in building a technology platform like we did, uh, you were able to win in a very difficult environment. And uh, we have a vision, David, of uh, digitizing every transaction to our benefit because guests pay about $5 more on those transactions than a regular phone-in or walk-in transaction. So it's beneficial to our franchisees and a key focus of our long-term strategy. But your business also seems like it lends itself to that, too, because you don't have a very complicated menu. I mean, you've never been one to add, you know, submarine sandwiches or pizzas or anything else. You're pretty well stuck with what got you there, wings. Yeah, over 27 years ago, uh, our first restaurant in Garland, which is still there today, was focused on wings and fries and drinks, and that was it. And and today, as you look at the brand, uh, we've only added three net new flavors, a couple of different variations of the wing or a tender, uh, but that's it. And so uh, we've stayed true to our business, uh, operating a very simple model that historically has been all about takeout. And so the digital business does lend itself well to uh, how we've set the business up from the get-go. So tell me about tell me about your new store of the future. I've been reading about it. I haven't been there yet, but it's over on Lover's Lane. And I gather that this is, what, a 100% digital store? Well, the goal is to make it 100% digital. We stu- still do have telephones in there, and we answer the telephone for the guests uh, that call us and we walk in. But it's over 70% already, and it's only been open for a few weeks. What's interesting is it's a cashless restaurant, and the actual format of the restaurant has no seats. So it's a walk-up counter or delivery only. And we really believe this is the setup for the future. Our restaurants are going to get smaller, less dining room capacity, more stealth in their locations, although I wouldn't call Lover's Lane necessarily stealth, <laughs> um, but it fits in a 1,300-square-foot position, 
Historically, we've been about 1,700 square feet. We think it's the, uh, the prototype of the future, and we've created some efficiencies as well in the kitchen. Operationally, we think are going to lend themselves to higher volumes and uh, better execution of labor, better, better execution of the guest experience. You know, this was, this. I'm reminded of whatever, when was it founded? 20 years ago? Talking with 27. 27 years ago. I am getting old. Talking with Antonio Swad, the founder, and, and he had little tiny footprints. Nobody, there weren't any seats. You weren't expected to eat there. And and the whole idea of Wingstop, he was only open for one shift, eight hours. So you didn't have, you know, big labor problems. It sounds like you're getting back to the roots. Yeah, it is a back to the fundamentals, uh, the way the brand started. And I think the shift to technology is driving that. Um, and uh, it, it's working perfectly for us. And we're complementing this prototype with ghost kitchens as well. And those ghost kitchens have been very effective for us. We mentioned on the call today, we started expanding in Manhattan, New York as well, and we're doing it with a mix of these types of assets. Uh, it's a very efficient way and quick way to get into a new market. So tell me about the challenges that everybody else seems to have anyway in your business and and, and its supply chain, getting the commodity, getting, in your case, wings, and then on the other hand, getting people to work for you. Both have been extraordinary challenges for us. I think 2021 was harder than 2020 uh, when the pandemic uh, onset hit us. Uh, we actually were well positioned, but 21, then all of the impacts of supply chain and the economy, the macro side uh, hit us. In fact, at our peak, uh, you know, absolute inflation on bone-in chicken wings was as high as 70%. Uh, we were able to mitigate that with uh, a lot of great relationships with our suppliers, but even at its, at its high point, uh, the market for chicken wings was up 41%, and we took 27% of that to the P&L. That's, that's a tough challenge to overcome. You couple that with labor uh, and rising wage rates and the demands for talent, uh, it's been a challenging year. The great news is we've overcome all of that, and we were able to take price and demonstrate and leverage our pricing power where we needed to to uh, offset some of the commodity inflation. And we have a small roster in these very small restaurants. We're able to get a lot of volume out of very few people uh, working in the restaurant, which is another advantage for us. So we didn't have the pressures that others have seen. That's what led to our franchisees continuing to develop uh, new restaurants aggressively and continue to grow the brand in the face of adversity that a lot of brands would never be able to get beyond. Well, and, and I saw you net growing in, in the fourth quarter. I think 58 new units uh, came on in the fourth quarter. So w where are you now and where are you going to be a year from now when we chat? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we're sitting at over 1,700 restaurants worldwide. We just opened our 200th restaurant overseas. We're in all the major markets, 45 states plus in the U.S. I mean, we're continuing to grow. Our focus is going to be continued penetration in key major markets around the U.S. We're going to expand the brand into markets like Canada, expand in further into uh, Western Europe, and uh, then, uh, you know, an ultimate goal of, of China in the frontier uh, as, as things stabilize over there, we expect to see the brand show up. So we believe this is a domestic and international play. We noted today that we think we have the potential for 7,000 total restaurants in the chain. Wow. At 1,700, we're just getting started. You are. So an all franchise or any company owned stores? 
Well, we still we run 34 company-owned restaurants. We're going to continue to build a few of those uh, each year, but it'll be still 98% plus franchise in the future. Okay, and let me take you back to Lover's Lane before we end this this concept store. Are you trying out anything new over there? Any new flavors or new products? Nope. Same old menu: uh, wings, fries, and drinks. Um, that's it. That we're going to continue to play that playbook. Our focus will be on efficiencies we can drive with technology going cashless, as I mentioned before, and trying to digitize every single transaction. That's our focus of that prototype. So if it ain't broke, uh, yeah, no, no reason to fix it. Charlie Morrison, CEO of Wingstop, our guest today. We've, we always enjoy our conversations, which probably go back about 15 years or so. It's good to have you with us. Great to be here, David. Thank you so much. Thanks for more of a conversation with Mr. Morrison. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.